You're listening to the Tomato Tomato Podcast. This is a movie podcast where we are no longer phased by Daniel Radcliffe's butt. <laughs> so this is a podcast where we uh, talk about movies and how they were reviewed. And, and farting and, corpses. And farting corpses and Daniel Radcliffe's butt is a reoccurring trend lately <laughs> on this podcast. We unintentionally, I mean, somewhat intentionally, have, we were like, fuck it, let's just do Daniel Radcliffe month for the last two weeks of this month since we <laughs> started off with a movie. This is getting you ready for Ryan Gosling month. Yes, exactly. Ryan Gosling month will have more planning behind it, and it will yes. not involve farting corpses, but it will involve movies that deal with loneliness. So, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just thinking of Lars and the Real Girl, which is like this, but way toned down. Yes. So if you don't read episode descriptions or titles, we are talking about 2016's Swiss Army Man. Yes. So thank you to Amazon for being one of those outlets that's just like, hey, remember that weird indie movie everyone talked about that you didn't see? Here, you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime's movie offerings are the kind of movies that you see on movie posters in the background of other movies. They don't well, look real. It's either that or it's like actual indie art house stuff. Like yes. there, there is some quality content on there. But like in finding this movie, I found like a, a Christian fairy tale movie and like a documentary <laughs> about chickens and all that sort of stuff. Like half of their movies, honest to God, do not look real. But this is a very real movie. Like, this is a very real movie. That I had heard about when it came out. And like I said, it was one of those indie like like art house theater kind of movies that just was people were talking about it just because it was so weird i was kind of aware of it when it first came out but all i really knew about it that daniel radcliffe played a corpse and there was a lot of farting and then <laughs> i did not know the farting it I... kind of disappeared off my radar and i completely forgot about it until uh -huh. you uh brought this up as a suggestion to watch and then we reached the fuck it stage of let's just watch it. <laughs> because we were trying to decide between a couple different movies. <laughs> and we're like, well, I don't know. What do you want to watch? Well, I don't know. What do you want to watch? And I'm like, fuck it. Swiss Army Man. So, so yeah. Is... I was telling Chris before we started. This is one of those movies where I would have watched this by myself. Like, just, just on a day off during the day. And then I never would have told anyone about it. Like, it would have been like, okay, I've seen this. It affected me in some way. I do not want anyone to know about that, <laughs> but we don't get that luxury with this podcast. We do not. We are talking about it. And We're airing our laundry, uh, dirty laundry, but in movie <laughs> form. Sure. Um, but right. so the Rotten Tomatoes run down. Yes. Run down. 9%. Nice. <laughs> it has 183 reviews, 56 which are rotten. The critic consensus Disarmingly odd and thoroughly well acted, Swiss Army Man offers adventurous viewers an experience as rewarding as it is impossible to categorize. That is a pretty good. That's a pretty good that consensus. Is, yeah, that honestly hits a very good point, which is it's, that it's very hard to categorize this movie. It is. This is a very concise 
uh, summary of everything that we just experienced. And I will say there is no other movie that is perhaps as deserving of having a 69% rating. <laughs> like this is, it's kind of a perfect fitting when the whole movie is just fart jokes, not the whole movie, but when yeah. a lot of it is built yeah, on fart jokes. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, uh, I wasn't expecting the audience score to be higher than the tomato meter. Mm. It's seventy-two percent. I mean, it's not that much, but three point seven out of five with a little over sixteen thousand user ratings. Mm -hmm. I was that, uh, I mean, before yeah. looking at the the tomato page for it. I was expecting the audience score to be lower. But see, this is one of those things where it didn't really get a very wide release, and no. it wasn't a movie that was at the multiplex that people were just gonna go see. Like you had to kind of s like search this movie out. Yeah, you had to be aware of it. And so I think that if you went through all of the effort to do that, you at least kind of have a better outlook on it than like a more, ne like just like the general, I don't know, Joe the moviegoer who's just like, I don't know what this was. I'm gonna rate it one star cause whatever. But yeah, it, it, it has the weird benefit of being an art house movie. And I think that kind of contributes to the audience score being higher. Yes. Yeah. And then, so do we just want to dive into the reviews then? Yes. Uh, so which one do we want to start? We got a few different outlets, some returning so, outlets. Side note, I just found a thing in the movie info section that is very interesting. So this movie is directed by two guys, both of which are named Daniel. Daniel, yeah. It says that they are responsible for the first turn down for what video. <sighs> that puts a lot of this in perspective. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. <laughs> that honestly makes sense. Like, this movie is just an enigma. It it really is. I'm still figuring out how I feel about it. I um, Yeah, I... I just, I don't know, I picked two positive reviews and one negative because I figured it's easier to talk about what the movie does well than it is to talk about what is weird about it. So let's start with the most glowing review. Yeah, Empire. Empire. Yes, gives uh, it like five stars. Five stars. This is the most positive outlook I've seen on this movie. <laughs> uh yeah, it just kind of gives a brief summary of the plot. And I'm, I don't really want to... So the brief summary of this movie, if you don't know, is <laughs> Paul Dano's character is stranded on a mini island, about to commit suicide, when Daniel Radcliffe, uh, his corpse, washes up on a beach, and hijinks <laughs> ensue. And that's... <laughs> farting, <laughs> farting jet skis ensue. I... Yeah, it like I, I described it to you as we were watching. I was like, imagine Castaway, but Wilson has a boner for, yeah. and that is a plot point in a way that the movie's plot is driven forward. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, we do a line of coke. All right, go ahead. Like that's just how I imagine the movie executives thinking about this. Yeah, but I mean, this review does have a valid point in the opening paragraph where it says like. This is very, this is absolutely nothing you have seen before. It truly is. Yeah. And it like kind of gives it credit for that. And it says that's not a problem for Swiss Army Man. Uh, let's see. It also says I just had the paragraph. Where did it go? Uh, Glorious 
inventive fable about humanity, faith, guilt, and much more that is uh, by turns hilarious, moving, juvenile, and deeply profound. Mm-hmm. It has a weird, like, Hewitt is right, there's this weird dichotomy, but balance that works of this slapstick juvenile fart jokes with these very <laughs> deep <laughs> conversations of life, death, meaning, and companionship and loneliness yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And like, have you heard the like St. Elsewhere kind of thing of like the whole, like the St. Elsewhere, the TV the uni- show? The unifying theory that all TV exists so, in the same so universe. This feels like, like honest to God, if this movie had ended with it pulling back and it was written by a, a like a, a little boy at like, <laughs> a typewriter, I would have wholeheartedly believed it, and it would have yeah. made sense because, in a way, it is kind of that boyish sort of humor behind it. And I mean, it works to an extent, but it also is so ridiculous. I was reading the trivia for this movie, and like people walked out after the first five minutes of this when it's yeah, Sundance. that's what Hewitt says here. Uh, there were reports of numerous walkouts during the film's debut at this year's Sundance Film Festival. Perhaps they were expecting something akin to Weekend at Bernie's 3. I like how he says Weekend at Bernie's 3. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, More fool those who bailed because they missed one of the year's best films. Yeah. (laughs) Daniel's masterstroke here is to couch Manny's rebirth as an accelerated journey through the human life cycle. So he starts off as a man-child naive, trusting, thirsty for knowledge, then rapidly ratchets through new puberty, hence the hyperactive penis. I'm not going to explain that to you, listeners. And adulthood, which brings with a new awareness, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much... I think I think what he... You need the juvenileness yeah. to kind of offset the dourness Yes, because otherwise this is a dark, uh, like, the opening of this movie before the farting jet ski is very dark. Yeah. I can't believe that's a sentence I just said, but it is very true. (laughs) Like, Because I think any other directors or writers would have gone with just gallows humor. Yeah. But they went the complete opposite direction, and I think it works in a weird way. Exactly. It, like, it puts you in the headspace of the movie in, like... Like, this is a movie, it would, if you took a screenshot from this movie, or took one scene out of context from this movie, or just tried to explain part of this movie to someone from an outside thing, like, we were joking that, that this is almost an episode of the dollop of, like, oh yeah, here's how a guy got off of a desert island with the help of a corpse, but, like, it's, it would sound like an absolutely insane story if you were trying to explain it to anybody else, but within the headspace of the movie, you go along with it, in a way. Yeah, you just kind of buy into the concept early on or not. Yeah. You, you'll you know if you're into the movie within the first couple minutes. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I... The whole the whole paragraph that you read about like the life cycle of Daniel Radcliffe's character... Can we just say Radcliffe does an insanely... Like, I was it's, pleasantly surprised by how yeah. good he is in this. Like, I don't know. It's such a weird performance, and I totally thought that the whole movie was just going to be a castaway situation where it's just Paul Dano talking and Daniel never talks back. And so to kind of hit the magical realism part of, oh no, he's alive and going through life and whatever was this turn that I wasn't expecting, but I liked it. When he first talks, I was generally surprised because I thought he was just going to be kind of a 
Weekend at Bernie situation. Yeah. Um, the review says, uh, but where, where Radcliffe really triumphs is in his delicate evocation of Manny's ever-changing moods from childlike whimsy to adolescent anger. It's an extraordinary turn and one that deserves to be remembered when Oscar season comes around, which it wasn't, it uh, wasn't. if I remember right. <laughs> no. If anything, the choice of clip for any award show broadcast <laughs> should be interesting. Uh, will they go with the farting or the hard-on? <laughs> well, and then the pull quote underneath that is that the premise of the movie sounds like an off-Broadway play gone wrong. It's far from it. It's extraordinary, vital, and fueled by great performances. Which, it, that sums that up pretty well. Like, if this yeah. movie was carried by different people, it would have epically failed. But the yes. the both of them fully commit to it that it is a really interesting thing to watch where even if you aren't bought into the story, you're bought into how much they're committing to the story that they're telling. Which I think I enjoyed the most out of this. I've never really see, seen a, a Paul Dano movie before. Ah, okay. Um, You've seen Looper. He was in Looper? He is in Looper, because I remember he died very violently in Looper, and I was like, what the fuck? I totally <laughs> missed that. Yeah. Uh, so this is my second Paul Dano movie. Um, I thought they were both great in it. Like yeah. you said, they both just commit, and I think that's where the strength of this movie is. I'm, I'm, I'm now going through Paul Dano's um, <laughs> filmography. Uh, trying to remember if there's... Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Oh, that's right. He was the kid in that. Yeah, he's the kid in that that is colorblind, and that's like the big oh shit mo moment of the movie. Never mind. I've seen three Paul Dano movies now. <laughs> yes. uh, so the uh, Empire also says Dano is dependently excellent as Hank, although this kind of tortured outsider is not exactly a departure, which yeah. is true. He uh, was kind of the same in A Little Miss Sunshine, kind of that, I don't want to say neurotic nerd, but the lonely shout out. Kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. and so the first Paul Dano movie that I re really remember seeing. So this is a weird Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon situation. So we watched last week, or the last movie we really covered was of Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan. And there's a movie called Ruby Sparks, which is Zoe Kazan and Paul Dano <laughs> as like a rom-com sort of thing. And now I was thinking partway through the movie, I want a like... Charlie's Angels style situation of Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, and Kumail. <laughs> that would be like, great. It's like, hi, we've all played Zoe <laughs> Kazan's love interest in movies. But yeah, it's like Ruby Sparks is a really good movie from what I remember. I have no idea if it still holds up, but I remember really liking it when I saw it. But so it was kind of funny to be like, look through this, look at this movie through the lens of like, yeah, we've both like fake made out with Zoe Kazan <laughs> and now we're in this movie together but yeah he's yeah he like he sells it and I had a feeling that he would sell it especially going into the movie and thinking it was going to be a weekend at Bernie situation I was like okay he has to really carry this movie if it's just him talking to a corpse but like then when it turns into him and Daniel talking together it like also is really interesting yes yeah and I think Chris Hewitt of Empire would agree because he, he just glows about them. I mm -hmm. mean, like I said, this is they're the strong points of this movie. They acted the shit out of it. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But then there's some people who don't think mm -hmm. too highly of this movie at all. Mm -hmm. So we 
chose Little White Lies for... We're returning to them. Yes, because they always... I like I don't know. We we were kind of confounded by them when we first picked them as a review like out, outlet, but they always have something really interesting to say. They do. And this is the first uh, conversation review. I know. That we have. I know. It, I almost didn't pick it for that reason, but I think it's really interesting because then you get two people's perspective kind of like you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, so we got uh it's Daniel Kwan and oh no, 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 no. those are the directors. Where the oh, reviewer's yeah. name? Adam Did Woodward. They not and- it? No, Adam Woodward and DJ. Davey Jenkins. Something. Davey Jenkins. Remember Davey? Ah, uh, Davey. <laughs> I hate Blade Davey. Runner, Davey. Uh, yeah. So uh, they're into because this is a little, little feature on like I like on little little white lies. Easy for you to they say. They have the ant- Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> anticipation, enjoyment, and in retrospect, uh, their anticipation was three, enjoyment two, with another fart. Pun, a little, all a bit flatulent, and in retrospect, a two. There's enough of a spark here to suggest that Daniels will move on to bigger and better things, which I, I agree with. But you don't have to punch down on the movie. Yeah, it. I don't know. I think that's just a very brief summary. I don't think. I don't know. We'll just have to see how much they actually punch down on it. But it, well, I mean, they, they yeah. seem more looking over their review. They seem kind of more blase about the movie they're very indifferent they don't have (laughs) strong feelings one way or the other which is almost worse uh instead of hating it or disliking it yeah but at the same time when i was picking this these like the 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 reviews for this there was maybe 10 minutes of the movie left and i had that outlook i was like (laughs) i genuinely don't know how i feel about this and it entirely depends on how it ends and so in the meantime i'm just gonna pick reviews that seem like general enough to be able to talk about because i honest to god did not know if i would like or hate this movie until it actually ended and i still don't know i like me too honestly don't know I like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so the one reviewer here says, personally, it didn't jive with me, but then I didn't think it was very, uh, it was very funny or very fun. Everything is telling you that there, that's that what it is, but there's something, I don't know what it is, a disconnect. Um, Davy says, a pleased with itself vibe, especially the opening credits, the scene in which a farting down a Radcliffe becomes a jet ski. The shot is filmed in slow-mo, so it's kind of a shame because it's basically the best shot in the film. I did really like that shot. It was, like, this this movie is beautifully done. And if in another set of hands, this would be even more, this would be, like, borderline a live-action, like, Family Guy or South Park. Yeah. Like, like the fact that this is done in kind of the art-housey, pops of color, very indie filmmaking sort of outlook is really like is is what pushes this movie into being what it is as opposed to just being like a really stupid premise but yeah it let's see (laughs) so davies says from the start of the film i was pondering wow there's some really deep pocketed investors out there who just (laughs) want to give money uh to go white silly film throw caution to the wind my disappointment came out of the fact that as the film goes on it becomes more obvious why someone would pay to make it which for me is its downfall well so 
before that is actually like something I was going to read. So the, uh, yeah, Adam goes, I did have this sense that it will probably be someone's favorite movie and I want to try to get to the root of that. And then David says, I agree. I don't think anyone's actually going to like this movie, but I think it's going to be a film that people are going to want to talk about. I mean, the one thing I often don't think, or I often think about when watching films is how and why did this get made? And then the thing that you just said, but yeah, yeah I, it is. I, I agree with Davy there because I still don't know if I like it. Yeah, but it's definitely something that I we're like talking, talking about. about it. Like it, like and like you said as much before we started recording. I apologized for <laughs> having us watch this movie, and you said no, don't apologize because this discussion is going to be really interesting. Which it, that does seem to be, and that always seems to be a thing in the indie art house kind of thing. Is like there's always one movie at a particular point in time that isn't that defines a generation well, it isn't like controversial in the most typical sense but no. it like, has something that people are talking about like you could kind of apply that to now with a, a couple different things i'm like think, i'm just thinking about like all the think pieces i've seen about fish sex in the shape of water because <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot about that and it's weird but yeah it, it i i applaud this movie for having such a ridiculous concept but it's rooted in a deep emotional big yeah. core concept that people can relate to but yeah. people get lost in that because of the concept yeah of the movie i mean i applaud daniels for being ambitious i exactly. don't know if it worked still yeah. but they did it <laughs> I'm trying to see what else in this review. Uh, Davey says, there are points almost by necessity rather than need. It turns into a sort of slightly Spike Jones, Michael Gondry kind yes. of thing. Yes, it is definitely that like Spike Jones kind of aesthetic. Uh, and and then, the whole thing of loneliness and all of that. Yeah. And then, uh, what's the other guy's name? Andy? Adam. Adam says, it wants to take you on this big journey, this fantastic voyage. Uh, and I felt like the destination just wasn't worth it. And it's not just the farting. There's a lot of physical comedy and slapstick stuff here. But at the same time, it's striving to hit this euphoric peak. I'm not sure whether M83 or even on the soundtrack, but it feels very superficial. I agree with that. It does take you on this big journey, but I don't know if I like the ending yet. I don't Me know either. if it, I don't, it felt flat almost like there was this the crux of the movie is their relationship and it just kind of i ends. kept i kept wanting it to be gayer <laughs> i'm gonna be honest <laughs> i'm gonna be honest because i know you were watching a couple minutes behind me and i i just kept i like almost wanted to text you when a certain thing happens and i was like yes this movie is committing to being gay i, I totally and, expected it at a couple then, points and then it just like because it because there's the whole second act of the movie is basically like compulsory heterosexuality of just like you're supposed to like this girl because that's what you do and that's what we do in society and whatever and then it kind of subverts that but then it doesn't really at it the also end. i still don't know how i feel about the the twist of uh, him creeping on the girl when we thought it's like oh he's getting back to his girlfriend or something i kind of had a feeling that it was a creeping on the girl kind of thing i don't know that was yeah. just kind of that was my assumption uh, like as it went on mm -hmm. so i don't know but I, I i get that 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 was kind of like a twist to some people 
Um, but yeah, that's funny that it says like the thing about the soundtrack and whatever, because I think um, Manchester Orchestra was the band that like actually did contribute the soundtrack. <laughs> so it's it like, is weird because I find myself kind of enjoying that popcorn song. Yeah. The, oh, well, yeah, because the popcorn song is like in a bunch of commercials and stuff like that's like an actual song and and i was like did they originate it for this movie or did it because if if that's the case that's like the best thing to come out of this movie is like that that song being used on a bunch of trailers and stuff and like commercials but yeah the soundtrack was really unique and i liked the fact that it was acapella because it fits with the whole I'm in silent like i'm out in the woods and there's no sound kind of thing i know my feelings on acapella but I think it works. <laughs> you know my feelings on acapella, he says, knowing that eventually I will make him do a <laughs> podcast on Glee. <laughs> I'm like, that's going to be fun. That's going to be, oh boy. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, once it gets to season two and there's a whole acapella group, like you're going to, you're going to have an aneurysm. And it's I'm going to be Paul be Dano and escape to an island. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> but... Well. Yeah. Uh, but Davy goes on to say, to be honest, not that liking or disliking is inherently good or bad thing, but I think I kind of felt indifferent towards it uh, than response to that, which is arguably even worse. It's a film which needs a message, and I just don't think that comes through. <laughs> Davy goes, I think the message is we all fart, and that's it. <laughs> but he's not wrong though because yeah well and it like it brings messages but it doesn't really have a singular one which is fine that's kind of i like you can talk about that with like bigger scale movies where it's like okay you don't need to necessarily tell me what to think or feel i'm allowed to kind of get my own feelings from a particular movie but this had just a lot of like like we said loneliness and death and companionship and all in like societal norms and all that sort of stuff it addresses it but it's not i don't think it stuck the landing not not completely no yeah of the message because i really like the emotional core of it and all their deep discussions that they had yeah um but yeah i don't think it stuck the landing that i was hoping uh, in the way it would yeah Definitely. Okay, so do you want to move on to our final review? Yes, from uh, the Washington Post. Okay, so... Um, by Stephanie Mary. Nice. Uh, um, I was about to say Stephanie Meyer, but ooh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... I, I'm like, I want Stephanie Meyer to write movie reviews. <laughs> Just to see what her opinion is. All right. Uh, so it starts off saying it earned the nickname Farting Corpse Movie. Crowds were iffy on the comic drama, which uh, is by turns a bizarre, sweet, unsettling, but it won the festival's directing award for first-time feature directors. Uh, just kind of skim the review. One it, thing it, you can agree on is that it may be the strangest, most inventive movie of the year. Which, which like, the, yeah. the invented if the inventiveness sorry i can't fucking talk today but like that is that definitely comes through both in the like actual on screen part of like i'm going to macgyver all of this weird little cave <laughs> world kind of thing which was very impressive yeah i'm like but i'm also thinking i'm like okay cuz you've shown me those survivalist videos of that guy it's like Ron yeah. Swanson's kid that just silently makes stuff in the forest. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, it takes him so long to make that stuff that Paul, like the 
the two of these people in this movie had to have been out there for like a month in the time that it takes to like engineer all of that. Also, let, let let's take a moment to talk about your your suspension <laughs> of disbelief. <laughs> but there's a disbelief. Okay, so this movie is about a corpse that talks and farts and has boners, and that is the whole crux of this movie. And yet, I could not get behind the fact <laughs> that somehow Paul Dano's phone still had a battery. I was like, he turns on his phone. It starts off at 10% too. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, he starts out with his phone at 10%. And I'm thinking, okay, he must have had to have, like, conserved that. He he had to have, like, turned his phone off while on the island because he knew he needed 10% phone battery. But then as the movie goes on, by the end of the movie, it is at 3%. And, and I'm his like, screen brightness is still high. His screen brightness is still high. Apps still work. Everything. I'm like, who is your provider, and what phone do you have? Because I, if if that. if my iPhone is on fifteen percent and I'm inside my own house, it shuts down and dies on me. So <laughs> I don't understand. I know it's the plot point of it all, but I'm also yeah. at the same time like, you should not be able to access email and open like a birthday card <laughs> that is animated and stuff when your phone is about dead that's not how phone batteries work <laughs> so yeah. Then, yeah so back to uh wapo yes sorry uh, i'm like dying for a second <laughs> i just uh, like randomly got a cough <laughs> keep uh, talking who says directors methods aren't always as inspired as their story in the forest on the way back to civilization but talks about some shadow puppet stuff which i thought was cute um swiss army man is somewhat undermined by a late twist that takes a turn for the creepy which we touched on and with the other review um well um, and that that also further hammers on the the thing of like this could have been written by like this could have been in the mind of a 12 year old and i would have believed you because i remember being 12 and being like if i look at the person that i like long enough from across the classroom maybe they'll fall in love with me (laughs) and then realizing that wasn't how things work so it's just that whole thing kind of that twist of like oh i don't know this girl and i'm just being creepy I, I understood it to an extent, but I also was like, okay, what does this add, really? It yeah. just makes him more lonely, which, like, is understandable. I, I That kind of made the loneliness, like, a big part of the movie. But at the same time, I was just like, all right, that's just a twist that might not have really needed to be there. Like, that could have been, I don't know. Yeah, because if, if <clears throat> the little plot point was revealed from the beginning, the movie would have played out much differently. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been into Paul Dano's character. And it's like, oh, you're just a creepy guy. Uh, the bus <laughs> watching ladies. Um, but then uh, Stephanie says in the review about that little plot point, that won't be the only thing that turns people off about the film, which it's safe to say isn't for everyone. But the story is astoundingly original. During the summer months when theaters are occupied by superheroes and sequels, that's something worth celebrating. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like all the reviews here, there's this through line of originality. Yes, preaching its originality, which like or dislike, you got to give it props for that. Exactly. It's wholly original. Yeah. Well, and it made me think of because before we started, you were like, it's okay if this is bad because it can't be worse than Sky Captain. And it's like both movies kind of feel similar in a way of like, I'm going to do something. But like, Sky Captain was so uninspired in trying to be original and it was just such a hollow end result whereas like this is wholeheartedly trying to be original and doesn't really care 
what what you walk away from it with it just is doing what it wants and is committing to that yeah it's staying in its lane and <clears throat> i like i said earlier it's level of commitment from the concept to the acting yeah like the fact that is the strong like i was gonna save the because i honestly when i thought this was a weekend at bernie situation and i thought that radcliffe wasn't going to talk the entire movie i was going to save the trivia point that that was like actually radcliffe acting because i thought oh i thought oh it's just going to be look like a dummy the entire time and then that's gonna affect like chris's reading of the movie but then when i read that i was like no wait that's really interesting i should tell him that and then obviously it was kind of moot because he starts talking but it's still like the fact that he committed to being in almost every shot of just like yes i'm gonna pretend to be a dead guy flopping around and whatever is like genuine <laughs> commitment that i would not yeah. have expected uh what else does stephanie say she says that for all its body-centric gags the movie sneaks up on you, offering the chance to examine the way we live instead of wandering around on autopilot. Well, and it says that it reveals the beauty and strangeness of the human experience, which is valid, I think. Yes. Yeah, it's just like, it's just a weird little movie. It's just, I don't know. And it's endearing yeah. in a way. Yeah, there was a point where I'm like, okay, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but there's such an endearing quality behind it. Like... Like, I wonder how this movie would have played if it didn't have the, if you took away the, the subplot of Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. Yeah. Which and, like, it was just, and it was just a guy trying to find his will to live again through this corpse. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that would have played better instead of giving know. him, I, like, just make Daniel Radcliffe's character his manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> Which, like, it kind of does, but then doesn't. Like, I don't know, because that is the whole thing where it's like, oh, I have a reason to live now because of you. And, like, yeah. I'm projecting what your life kind of was when you were alive and all that sort of stuff. Like, there is that to an extent, but then, like I said, it falls back on heterosexuality yeah. and less on just kind of yeah. Should fully committing Paul to Dano it. Should Dano have ridden off into the sunset with... Daniel Radcliffe? With his I don't know. boyfriend? <laughs> I would have, I don't know, it would have made sense in a way. Like that, ending it that way would have made sense. And that was kind of where I thought they were going at the ending was just like, oh, well, I'm going to go, like, I thought they were going to jump into the river and then just die together. And that was going to be the end of the movie or some version of that where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, then we're going to be together because who cares what society thinks of us? Which, like, would have made sense. It would have been a weird ending, but the ending was already weird on its own. Exactly. So. I feel like that kind of ending would have committed more to, like, the thesis of the movie. Yeah. Um, that, that was kind of my thing with it, is that I feel yeah. like it somewhat sticks the landing, but kind of falls on the way down. Yeah. And I would have rather have had a different outlook on it. I don't know. Uh, what else? Stephanie also says... The do-it-yourself aesthetic sometimes feels like a knockoff of such Michael Gondry movies as The Science of Sleep and Be Kind Rewind. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the second mention of Michael Gondry in reviews, uh, isn't it? I think so. Huh. Huh. <laughs> I wouldn't, he's, this is the most Michael Gondry has come up in anything we've done on this podcast. Yeah, honest to God. And probably, and probably ever will. Like, yeah. really. We, we are not going to do Michael Gondry month. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, like... And, and, but also that do-it-yourself aesthetic isn't just reserved to those movies. It's just... No. 
thing. Like, and it's becoming more of an increasing thing in the kind of like twee, like hipster movie kind of market. Because even there was that movie that came out the a year or so ago that was the fuck I can't remember the name. Oh, uh, it, me Earl and the Dying Girl, where the whole oh, thing is just yes. like we're gonna make the shitty little knockoff movies. And that's like what we do for fun and whatever, like that kind of stuff just kind of has become a little bit more common in our pop culture, but probably mm -hmm. wasn't when the reviews were written two years ago. So I'm like, oh my God, this is two years ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. It really <laughs> does. Time makes no sense at all, like whatsoever. But yeah. Especially when you're writing a farting corpse. Yes. <laughs> but like I said, time made no sense in this movie, especially when they were coming, when they were like going back through the woods again and you see like how close they were to the house and they just like weren't walking forward. Like they yeah. weren't traveling as much as I thought they were. They just kind of had like set up camp and taught Daniel Radcliffe's character how to be human and then <laughs> kind of moved on. But so like it would have taken them a very short period of time to actually get through all of that but yes. i thought that the woods were like never ending almost because of how much time they spent in the woods yeah it, time is kind of nebulous yes because they put together like their own little civilization and it's like oh they were just a stunch throw away exactly <laughs> like you could have seen lights maybe or something or heard something like that was why i thought that the ending was going to be them like going back into the woods and living that way because like paul dano at a certain point seemed less concerned with getting home and more concerned with just being with radcliffe's character yeah and so i was like i would have i don't know that ending especially since his character had a weird relationship with his dad and then yeah. at the end uh, his dad smiling at the jet Farts. ski farting corpse i was very it's like oh is this like your turn are you yeah. on your kid's side now i yeah it was it was weird that was a weird aspect to throw in on it i'm like we didn't we almost didn't need to meet the dad no like we could kind of fine with him just being a non-character and just referenced and just being the like symbol of what you're supposed to be doing in society that Paul Dano's character isn't doing like that aspect of it. I would have kind of liked, but then yeah, the, having the dad actually show up in the end, I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Everything so, about this movie. I don't know how I feel yeah. about it. And, and so this, this was a fresh review yes. from Rotten Tomatoes and it, it has a two and a half out of four stars. Yeah. Four stars is a weird metric. First of all, <laughs> One I, know. Out of five. I know, I don't, I don't get why it's not consistent. Because two stars is, to me, reads as meh. Yeah. Or indifferent. Um, but that little half star pushes it to fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, it just used five stars. Come on, Stephanie, Washington Post, get it together. <laughs> yes, just, they will it, obviously listen to you in all of their spare time, helping oh, they, preserve they totally the will. nature of democracy <laughs> in the current day and age. Well, Empire Online. Uh, they use a five-star metric. And, well, and so does Little White Lies, I think. Um, yeah, I'm checking. I'm, I don't see a star rating. I don't know. But then again, it could be different since this was a conversation review. Yeah. Well, no, I, just their but, metric. But, their metric of just one out of five. But you can't even compare really four to five stars. Because if you took the Washington Post uh, two and a half, was it? Yeah. Uh, to the five star, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's still middle of the road. 
Yeah. And then that could easily fall into rotten. Exactly. So, so as we say throughout this podcast, the conversion (laughs) of the metrics of stars is very odd. Like it does not make any sense. So if you didn't read the review for this and you just looked at the star rating, you could easily mistake the Washington post review as rotten almost. Yeah. It, cause it, it could grade as what 60. Cause mm-hmm. what's the breaking point? What's the, for fresh to rotten? Is it 60%? Yeah, it's 60. Yeah. Around so it's 60, just, it yeah. would just barely be fresh. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Rotten it's tomatoes. Weird... What are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, that's, so that's Swiss Army man. Do we want to do our last man. segment? Because I kind of we've we've talked about Radcliffe and what yeah. he would do. Uh, I kind of have so, an idea for Paul Dano. Yeah. So the last segment. If this is your first episode, what are you doing? <laughs> if this is your first episode, this is a very odd episode to be <laughs> on. You must really have thoughts about Swiss Army Man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So I apologies. Go uh, listen to our other episodes. <laughs> yes, because what we do in the last segment is we fan cast the actors in the movie we're discussing into superhero properties and maybe even the directors and what we want to see them direct. Yes. Uh, previously, I want, we're not going to tell you what we've done with Daniel Radcliffe, so go back and listen to that episode. In, in, in part because I only partially remember because it was like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that but. episode was What If? It was number 16 or 17. I uh, yes, I I know what episode it was. I'm just saying. I well, just, I, I'm I, telling the listeners. Okay, okay it's if not they're just funny. jumping in now. Yeah, yeah. Go listen to What <laughs> If. It's a good episode. We talk about Adam Driver and his nachos a lot, and it's yes. really good. But and nachos is not a euphemism. No, it is and it isn't in a way. <laughs> uh, I, really, I I I don't know what I would see Paul Dano as if, if I. Um, I don't know. This is really random, but it like it fits for me. Either plastic man or elongated man. I okay. I can see that. Yeah, I'm like in a movie version of that. Like the the Flash's version of elongated man is kind of it, it's it's really growing on me. The last week's episode really kind of sold him for me. But like, if you brought either of those characters into a movie, I could totally see that like Paul Dano working with that. Because, I don't know, it would just be, like, he has the physicality for it and just the general kind of personality and would be able to kind of play that really well, I think. Yes. He, yeah. I, yeah, because I had nothing going in, but I, <laughs> I endorsed that idea. Awesome. And, yeah, I'm like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been in so many kind of comic book movies, but I honestly, like, she needs to be a superhero at some point because. I, yes. Yeah. I don't and know what, but <laughs> and for the Daniels, they need to do something weird. Yeah, Doom Patrol. I was thinking that Doom Patrol. They could do an episode of Legion if they wanted to. Oh yeah, that would be cool. It would be really. It would. It would almost be a departure for Legion because, like, their aesthetic both does and doesn't fit with Legion. Yeah. Like it. It would be interesting they, to see. They have a weird enough sensibility about them. Yeah, and they like if they've done the turn down for what video, they can do all the dance yeah. sequences and stuff that Legion I'm s- has. I'm still reeling from that. <laughs> from that news. Yes. <laughs> I, sh- I you're you're shook. I am shook like Paul Dano riding a farting corpse. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'm like, I can't come up with a good segue here. Where can people find you on social media? The people can find me on social media uh, at the Chris Vito, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Not MySpace. Not MySpace. Sorry, Where... I just, I'm yawning. I'm sorry. Oh, am I boring you? No. No. Well, where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter, complaining about sleep in a lot of cases at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. You can also find me at Instagram on that same handle. Um, you can find our podcast at Tomato Tomato Pod. And on and Facebook at Tomato Tomato Pod. You can email us at Tomato Tomato Pod at Gmail. Yes. I, um, I think that's all the social media plugs. I think that is. Yeah. So. Next week, because I think we have one more week left in January, we will be watching some sort of Daniel Radcliffe movie. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully something, I don't know. I, th I think we need to kind of look a little and find something that is a good companion piece to the two movies that we've done, but is also, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll find something. There are definitely options out there. Um, yeah. And then after that, we'll have uh, another kind of themed month. Black Panther kind of month. Yeah. <laughs> Plus catching up on other good movies that we've been meaning to see month. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, until next time, keep watching movies. Yeah. Except right. Except right. Bye. Bye.